Welcome to the Pinstripe Pally Podcast. I'm Andrew Mearns here with Tanya Bondurant. We are doing a special uh, Pinstripe Pally Podcast in the wake of the uh, Rollless Chapman signing. So, yeah, Tanya, how are you? I'm not drunk enough for this. <laughs> no. No, I, I am I am not drunk enough for this either. I am I am drinking a beer right now, though. I having the, I found, <laughs> I, I was I was surprised I still had this in my refrigerator. It's the Brooklyn Post Road Pumpkin Ale. Apparently, I still have pumpkin beers in my fridge, even though I've moved since October. But <laughs> that's it's the season. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what? That's kind of fitting. It's not the season for this at all, but this is not fitting for anything. So whatever. <laughs> Drinking straight bleach is, like, frowned upon, I guess, so. Yeah, it's like, what are you drinking? Oh, you know, just bleach, um, soap, really, <laughs> trying to accelerate the process. Seriously. I think I found some, um, spare gasoline to, like, chug, right? <laughs> Lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah, um, that is... This is something, as <laughs> I think that's kind of like the uh, the uh, the deke that Jason used for the post, like for his post about the Even this is something. Signing. Yeah, this is something, and that pretty much summed this up because, whew, yeah, this is something. I mean, I know that a lot of Yankees fans have the ability to just distance themselves from all the actual real world implications of sports but but i don't no and i don't either and it's i don't i if if you think that this is some weakness fine that's on you but i i don't yeah i don't want to be that kind of person then like like i would much rather be the kind of person who's like hey this person is not worthy of my rooting interest than to blindly be like because this person's on my team, I must like everything they do. And like, there's, there are so many people out there who want to like equate this to other things. And it's just like, this is not like steroids. This is not like, this is not like Jose Fernandez possibly being on drugs and driving. It's just into a ravine or whatever. It's just, thing yeah and like for better or worse sports are not handling it well they're just not and it it like incentivizes not changing because if all they get is like a slap on the wrist and then a huge contract then why ever change your behavior? Yeah, it's like... Why get help? Congratulations, you get $86 million because you can still throw baseballs hard. Yeah. And it's extremely frustrating. As you said, like, this is not like a problem unique to baseball. You see it across all these sports. Like, everything that's 
gone on at the NFL, God knows that's a laundry list. The Giants. You don't have to look outside of New York. No, no. This is not a problem unique even to the Yankees in the metro area. (laughs) Right. And and then you, like, you look everything in the NFL. You look at the NHL, you got Patrick Kane and all that bullshit. You look at the NBA and you got Derrick Rose and all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it's just a very depressing, like, punch in the face, really. I mean... It's not like it's even like that much of a surprise because we know that everyone in these businesses are focused on the top dollar and the top dollar alone. It's Mm -hmm. just disheartening, I think, is the best word for it, really. It is because as much as you can say like, oh, like what they do off the field isn't my business. Like I want a team of guys that I feel good rooting for. And I don't feel good rooting for someone who does that in their spare time. I just don't. And the people so willing to overlook that just like, I don't understand how you feel good about saying like, Oh, it doesn't matter what they do off the field. Like, how do you just not feel gross about that? I don't know. Yeah, it's just this ability to block everything out. I, mean, I guess it's because, like, sports itself is, like, an escape on its own. So maybe right. it incentivizes people to just escape from the problems of the escape. Just like, but to yeah, me, yeah, that yeah, means, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to see sports as an escape. And that means not having to think about, oh, I don't really want to root for this guy because he does terrible things to his family. Like, yeah, he just, like, you know, casually fires off some bullets. Like, yeah. I'm angry, I, so I'm going to do this in presence of my domestic I don't partner. want that in my baseball. I don't want that in my football. I don't want that in my hockey. Like, I don't want it. No. So to me, like, that's preventing me from using sports as an escape because then I have to think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And maybe part of it, too, is that because we are the people writing about it to an extent, we have to think about it even more than, like, you know, Joe, an average fan does. But still, like, it's not like we're the only people in the Yankees fans community who are, like, really bothered by it. Like, plenty of people that don't have to write about it are like, this is really gross. Mm -hmm. And some people have been, like, are complaining about us even using the word gross. It's like, sorry, but that's just what it is. It's, it is. It is. like The whole process of them acquiring him back last year in the first place was gross. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I love Glaber Torres, it will always feel a little weird because they got him through that grossness. Mm-hmm. And now he's back here for five years. It's like exploiting... Maybe three three if we're lucky, because of the opt-out, but... It's exploiting something that I don't feel comfortable exploiting. Like, the only reason that, you know, Chapman was available for such a low price was because of this. Right. And... Like, I just can't feel good about that. And and you look at, like, what the Reds got for him. Like, just package led by Eric DiGallo. Um, 
Exactly. Rookie Davis, who's okay, but, you know, then you see what the Yankees got for Chapman for even less uh, control than the Reds traded mm-hmm. for. And it's just like, oh, this is just And all like of that's, like, willing problem. to happen to, because of, like, the baggage that he carries. And it's just, yeah. ugh, ugh, I don't like it. Yeah, and we've been uh, sent the the deadspin post talking about, like, how, you know, a zero-tolerance policy is not always the best thing for the families involved. And to an extent, I can kind of understand where that's coming from. And, like, the, today wasn't, like, the first time I saw it or anything. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that I have to be okay with my team being the one to pick him up and give him that shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Ugh. And and that's kind of the thing, like, you know, when the Yankees picked him up the first time, it was like, you know, teams like the Dodgers who were interested before that news came out, like, very obviously backed off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't you do that? Like, why can't you have like, the principles to do that. And it sucks. Yeah, and it all, and then eventually just all comes down to, like, well, you know, gotta put a championship caliber team on the field. And, but that's he, like, that's, and that's, a, that's yeah. a whole separate thing, but he doesn't do that. Like, oh, this team really is not, all. this team is not a closer away from championship caliber. I'm sorry, they're not. Yeah, and like, if you think that they are, you're fooling yourself. Yeah, like, obviously, we had full sympathy for all the Cubs fans at the deadline last year who felt like, this is really weird that we're acquiring this guy to this super fun, entertaining, carefree, blah, blah, blah team. Mm-hmm. But they were a closer away. And the, funny right. thing, and the funny thing is, of course, you know, in Game 7, he was the most reason they would have lost. Mm-hmm. But uh, this 2017 Yankees team is not a closer away. No. And They're like three starters away or something, like, at least. Yeah, and even if, like, the people that are talking about, like, well, you know, it's not necessarily a move for next year. It's a move for when they'll be competing again. Do you know that Chapman will still be a good reliever by then? And do we know when the Yankees will be competing again? Because you never know. Like, you know, I, how many teams like say like, okay, now it's going to be our time. And then like, it's never their time. Like crazy things happen. Mm -hmm. And also I'm so furious because for the last few seasons, the Yankees have been playing poor and being like, oh, we can't sign Max Scherzer or John Lester because luxury tax mm-hmm. and too much money and that's just too expensive for us. And like, you know, dumpster diving with whoever. <laughs> Whereas like Lester or Scherzer would be like a legitimate thing that the team needs. Right. And now all of a sudden... They're so willing to spend that crazy amount on a closer. It just doesn't make sense. And it, it bothers me. And inevitably, there will be another player to come along 
in 2018 or whatever that we want the Yankees to sign, who makes a lot of sense, and Hal's going to, you know, turn his pockets out again and be like, sorry, I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Because I'm paying my closer $17 million. And I'm sure some of this was, like, a byproduct of the new CBA where going over the luxury tax is not as bad for the Yankees now because of some weird loophole bullshit reasons that the new CBA has its own problems with. But yeah, I, I agree, though, that, like, I think at some point down the line, Hal is going to be like, well, you know, I, I don't know about um, signing one of the million free agents that's going to show up on the market in two years. It's going to be someone like Manny Machado that just, like, makes the most sense. Like even more sense than Harper, exactly. And it's and he's gonna be like, "You don't have any money," and I'm just gonna be like, (laughs) (laughs) "What is your deal, dude?" (laughs) Yes, it's just gonna be so infuriating. Mm -hmm. And it especially annoys me because Chapman is solely reliant on his velocity. That is it. He's not Mo. He's he's not. No. Like some people have been trying to make this comparison to me on Twitter where like I mean this is this is a whole separate annoyance. There are many annoyances that we have with this, but like mm-hmm. Kenley Jansen is right on the market at the same exactly. time. And the only thing he would have cost more is just a draft pick who may or may not work out. There have been plenty of sixteenth overall draft picks that have busted. You don't need to like put your all your faith in it, especially when your farm system is elite already. Right. And that was my point that I made earlier tonight was that, you know, when the Yankees farm system was bad, I could see holding on to the draft picks like that. But now that the Yankees have one of the best farm systems in baseball, top to bottom, that pick is probably not even going to crack the top 10. Mm -hmm. Like the Yankees are super fortunate that Blake Rutherford fell to them. Right. This year at the 18th overall pick. And And he only did because he was old. Yeah. Yeah. And teams didn't think he was going to sign. Yeah. So, you know, it's not even like you're getting a new, like, top prospect in your system or even, like, top 10 prospect in your system Mm -hmm. with that draft pick. So I feel like holding on to it so tightly doesn't really make sense for them. And when you couple that with the fact that Jansen is not as reliant on his velocity Mm -hmm. as Chapman it's a lot easier to like squint your eyes and see Jansen, you know, transitioning into a, you know, lesser pitcher a bit more gracefully mm-hmm. because he's not reliant on throwing a hundred plus miles per hour or bust. Yeah. And the pitcher that you hear Kenley Jansen compared to most is Mariano, Mariano Rivera, Rivera because of the cutter. Because right. Jansen's cutter is as good as Mariano Rivera's, if not maybe a little bit better. I mean, you could obviously like the results are a little bit different. But that we're just talking about the pitch alone. Jansen's cutter is a tremendous pitch, and Mariano Rivera kind of showed the blueprint for how to succeed in baseball for like twenty years with a cutter alone. And while it obviously would be a huge stretch to say that Jansen would have that kind of career, it lays out that blueprint a little bit better than. I roll this Chapman. I'm just going to throw fireballs forever because mm-hmm. that doesn't work. And I mean, we saw that 
play out in the World Series when he kind of got a little bit worn down and the velocity wasn't there. He was extremely hittable mm-hmm. because and wild and and wild because it, it's velocity or bust, and that is not going to translate well once that velocity fades. Yeah, and at that point, even like like remember, Raja Davis hit the three run home run that tied the game, and Raja Davis is not a huge home run guy. Major league hitters can square up bad fastballs. Exactly. Even if they're coming at 98, which is what they were coming at at the end of the game. Because if they're straight, it, like... Nate Evaldi. <laughs> right, exactly. You can throw it hard, but if it's straight, you can get tagged. Mm-hmm. And I just... And honestly, maybe he opts out after three years and it's not as big of a problem, but it just... It seems like the Yankees went for the splashier signing instead of the smart signing. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, if you want to put aside all of the outside stuff and you just want to focus on baseball, it's still not a smart decision. And even, like, a Mark Melanson move would have made sense. I know, like, the Giants already made that decision, but you could have gone for him, or you could have pursued, like, the David Robertson trade rumors, which were... Mm -hmm. I I mean, obviously, the White Sox have gotten pretty good hauls for uh, Chris Sale and Adam Eaton in particular, but, I mean, I'd be curious to see what Robertson ends up being traded for, because I'm sure he will be at some point in the next half year. And... Frankly, I don't think that trade package will be, like, so over the top that it'll have been crazy, you know? And Robertson, while he's not as good a closer at this point in his career, I would say, as uh, Chapman or Jansen or even a Melanson, he's still a really good closer. And he's only under contract for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Like, let's and... not forget, they're giving $86 million to yeah. a reliever. It's... It's honestly gross <laughs> to to use that word again. It's it's gross. Stop like, it! I don't like that word. Oh, <laughs> um, get over it because is get used to it. It is the word that comes to mind, and it just it it's unnecessary. And let's not forget, the Yankees had three closers on the yep. team for half of the season and they weren't very good. Yeah. They were like exactly 500 at the trade deadline. And that goes to show you that you can have the best closer in the world, but you have the best if, three closers in the world, <laughs> if everything else around them isn't strong enough, then it really doesn't matter because like, I think about the Yankees' rotation, if nothing else. Like, it's Tanaka and a prayer. Yeah, I was, I'm looking at the death chart right now, and it's like, after Tanaka, you got Pineda. Disgusting. Sabathia. Terrifying. Yeah. I mean, who, who was good last year, but you don't know you can bank on that. Exactly. Right. He's just as likely to be terrible, and or nobody would be surprised. 
or get hurt. Yes. Because his knee is, again, made of, like, Fabergé eggs. So. Yes. Uh, then Luis Severino. Uh, total wild card. Adam Warren. Yikes. Brian Mitchell. Dear God. <laughs> Luis Sessa and Chad Green. Oh, my God. And it's just like... So, like I said, Tanaka and a prayer. Yes, Tanaka and a prayer. And and as much as we love Tanaka, he's still got the elbow thing, too. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's a prayer and a prayer. And, and, and that's not the, enough. And even in the minors, you don't really have, like, a whole cavalry coming. <laughs> so... And the thing is, that situation is not imminently improving. Because Tanaka's going to opt out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's happening. And he has one year left, and then he's probably going to be like, peace. Maybe or the, Yankees. the Yankees re-sign him, but that's not a given. No, no, not at all. Maybe maybe, maybe the Sabathia extension spooked them. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean... So to some extent, maybe justifiably, but at the same time, okay. what is happening in the rotation in 2018? Because, like... At the same time, like, you can say, like, maybe the Sabathia extension spooked them, but maybe they're right to be spooked. I mean, the the elbow is a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looked okay last year, but what does that mean next year? What does that mean the year after that? What does that mean two years down the line? That's a lot of stock to put in something that's very uncertain. Mm-hmm. So, without Tanaka, the rotation is disastrous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even bad. It's it's like leveled, yeah, and like you could and there's sign, nothing to fix it. There's you, nothing yeah. to fix it. You could sign Jake Arrieta and put him at the front of the rotation. Even he pitches like he did in 2015. That's not that's one person. Pace. Yeah, yeah. And maybe like Justice Sheffield turns into a thing. Maybe James Caprillion stays healthy and turns into maybe a thing. Jordan Montgomery is a thing. But maybe. all of that is maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe. And without a rotation, I can't see it mattering. No. Because they don't have an offense that's going to beat the world down. So I just, it is extremely hard for me to see the direction that they're trying to go in. And I understand that it's like, well, Gary Sanchez was good and hopefully he'll be good again and Greg Bird is back and hopefully he'll be good and maybe Aaron Judge figures out the strikeout problem and then, (laughs) you know, know. DD was really good and hopefully he'll be good again. And, but it just feels like everything's like tied together on hopes and dreams while everyone else is out there with like a clear, you know, like, I mean, it doesn't hurt that like, or it doesn't help that, like, you know, the day before the Red Sox went out and traded for Chris Sale and exactly. immediately put themselves at the forefront of the division. And I'm not saying that the Yankees should be making, like, reactionary moves. No. <laughs> in a sense, you could look at this Chapman deal as a reactionary move. Well, the thing is, you, you need to know your place. Yeah. Like, like, you need to know where you're at and where the Yankees are right now is just outside of where you can really see them contending. Mm-hmm. Like 
maybe a maybe a second wild card, but like maybe pretty much anyone around five hundred is in contention for a second wild card if a few breaks go their way. And I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, the wild card isn't the playoffs, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that's one game. Yeah, like I don't think anyone's talking about like ah. Oh, Yes, the great 2015 Yankees season when they had three hits against the Astros and then ducked out right. quietly. And even that, like, there, there are just so many teams that it's easier to see their path to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, it just seems like, seems like having an $86 million closer is like, you know, (laughs) a nice paint job on the Titanic. Like, (laughs) yeah, it looks good, I guess, but it's still going down. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, I do think that the, the team is trending in the right direction, but like, Oh yeah, me too. But it takes time. You can't just, you can't transition like that and expect it to happen overnight, which is why it doesn't make sense to go out and make this move. Right. Like I worry about what's going to go, what's going to happen with all the young players on the team in 2017. Cause like, you remember how excited we were about Luis Severino exactly, and Greg Bird going into 2016 and one got hurt and one was horrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we love Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Maybe the league figures him out a little bit. Growing pains are something that you have to be prepared to deal with when you're going with young, unproven people. People are already prepared to trade Judge away because of all the strikeouts mm-hmm. in the second half. And it's like, guys, this is going to happen. Yeah. Or they're already um, willing to give Tyler Austin the job at first base because Greg Bird was hurt. It's like, and, and a lot of that is like a spoiled Yankees mentality. Like it is because we cover. want everything to be great and we want it right now, and, and we, we want don't want to wait for it. We want and... a new core four. We want them to be as great immediately mm-hmm. as Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit and Bernie Williams all were. Even though Bernie mm-hmm. Williams wasn't really immediately good, but shh and. <laughs> Jorge Posada wasn't immediately good either, but shh. <laughs> like, even, you know, people that I talk to, they're like, it's been so long since the Yankees won the World Series. And I'm like, do you know how many teams <laughs> would laugh in your face? Yeah. Like, dog. And then they're like, well, you know, I'm not expecting to win every year, but like... Seven years. Oh, my Like, God. come on. Like... Once every couple years. And I'm just like, that's not how it works now. Like, <laughs> that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but the 90s are not walking through that door. No. And, like, you look at all the teams. Like, going back to, like, when divisional play began. Like, teams don't have dynasties like that. It was an anomaly mm-hmm. that the Yankees were able to win four World Series in five years and win penance and like seven out of nine and that was before all of these huge tv deals Mm -hmm. and all of this change in revenue sharing Mm -hmm. and all of that where now 
the money is everywhere. It used to be that the Yankees were the big kid in the play in the sandbox. Like they could throw their monetary weight around. That's not true anymore. And teams are signing their players to extensions and the Yankees are never getting even close to them now. Like, I mean, think about Strasburg 15 years ago, Strasburg hits free agency and the Yankees can pursue him and very likely get him. That's not happening that way now. Teams have money and they're saying, hey, we have these players who are good and we want to keep them around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we're already looking forward to Harper and Machado and all of that. But, like, who's to say that Machado doesn't sign an extension in the next two years? Mm-hmm. Like, it's and, unlikely, and you never, but it could still happen. It could, you know. The Orioles have every reason to keep this guy who is everything about their franchise. Exactly. And Peter Angelos has money. It depends if he wants to use it or not, but they could still very well lock him up, you know. But you can't, like, depend on Machado hitting free agency mm-hmm. to be the, you know, game plan. Mm-hmm. Because Strasburg hitting free agency was kind of the game plan for a lot of people. And that blew up in their face. Mm-hmm. And that's even like accepting the fact that he got hurt a little bit. He still probably would have been the best name in the market. Like, because what was it otherwise? Rich Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Rich Hill, who made like, who again had like five or six good starts to his name prior to 2016 and ended up getting like $48 million. And then you see what, like, how much it costs to get a good starter in free agency with the Chris Sale deal, where the Red Sox gave the White Sox the best position player prospect in baseball, or at least a dude who's in the conversation with for it, in addition to a guy who can tri- hit triple digits and two other good prospects. Right. It's, it's a dark slog out there. <laughs> it is. And it just, the, what happened to the Yankees in those dynasty years, I don't think we will live to see again. No. No one's even won back-to-back titles. Just two in a row. Forget three in a row. Like, the most we've gotten is, like, the Giants winning the Eastern Like, every other year. Yeah. And, And, like, maybe you, like, squint and see, like, a way that the Cubs could get there with their extremely young team but like even then it's hard out there and that is not something that is easy to do a nearly identical cubs team was swept in the nlcs by the mets Mm -hmm. who finished as the second wild card this year with almost the same team so that's just the playoffs for you you know yeah it's getting hot at the right time and a whole lot of luck and everything breaking your way and it's hard to do. And I think people who expect a return to the Yankees being able to win all the time are just setting themselves up for disappointment. They're, yeah, they're going to be out of luck. And, you know, that's one of the things that's always been annoying to me as a Yankees fan because, like, I mean, I didn't really – I mean, I was a Yankees fan growing up, but I wasn't super invested in the team until around 2001 or so. 
So for the past, I guess, 16 years, um, they've, other than the past couple of years, they've made the playoffs like every single year and mm-hmm. been like involved very actively in the playoffs. And they only have the one World Series to show for it. And some people are like bitching about that. But at the same time, this is a team that's been in the playoffs for some very exciting regular season baseball for pretty much every day for the past 16 years. And people miss that. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that's just a given. But <laughs> that's not. not a given. Yeah. Do you think, like, you know, how, how, talk to some, like, Orioles fans who have to watch some totally shitty baseball for 16 years. Talk to some Pirates fans. Talk to some Royals fans. Like, this is not normal. Talk to some Mets fans. Mets fans have some terrible years in the same market. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Jesus. And the only reason that they have higher standards is because of, like, you know, the whole Yankees lore, blah, blah, blah. And believe me, there's no one who obsesses more about Yankees history probably more than me. But that's just not the era we're living in. That's right. the past. Like, Yankees have, what, have 27 World Series... But, like, 20 of those World Series or around that were won when it was just win the pennant and you're in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. No playoffs. But, but now the playoffs are a thing. Welcome to the year 1969. <laughs> or welcome to 1994 or 5 when the wild card began. It's just, that's just the world we're in. And this is... It's tougher to win a championship. And it's tough to make the playoffs... And teams should be commended for making it. And, you know, it sucks. (laughs) And the unfortunate reality is the Yankees kind of did this to themselves. Oh, yeah. Like shot themselves in the foot. They had their chances to get these good starters who could help bridge the gap a little bit between these, like, the 2009 to 2012 teams. And hopefully this next generation with your Gary Sanchez's, with your Greg Bird's and yada, yada, yada. But there were good starters on the free agent market. They were just available a year or two years prior to when the Teixeira and um, other contracts were coming off the books. Mm-hmm. And they were but just like, but yeah. that, that's why that never made sense to me because, yeah, you – you know, deal with those penalties. But all you ever had to do was sit down with a spreadsheet of impending free agents and say, okay, in two years we can spend, but in two years there's not going to be anybody. <laughs> so maybe we got to do it now. Do you, think like, Hal, do you think Hal knows about MLB trade rumors? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you and I can sit around and, like, go over a website and say, like, so the Yankees have all this money coming off the books, but literally the best starter is nobody. (laughs) Then maybe we need to go get Max Scherzer two years before, because at least then you have him for when the money comes off the books and there's no one. Like, if I can figure that out, someone running a baseball team should be able to figure that out. And yeah. this isn't rocket I, science. <laughs> and I understand that, like, yeah, that would have meant paying more because you're dealing with penalties and all of that. But guess what? Hal Steinbrenner is not missing any meals. 
he's not like having to add up his groceries as he's like shopping. Like that yeah, man he, is he's flipping coupons fine. from like, you know, the uh <laughs> the the big coupon books that come Yeah. Like, like oh shit, I can get five dollars off now. <laughs> like he's not having to buy like Doctor Thunder instead of Doctor Pepper. Like <laughs> Rally Cola. It, it's not a thing that he's having to do. So I really just don't like the Yankees are so lucrative, like stupidly lucrative. Mm-hmm. You can spend the extra and have like one slightly less great profit margin for like two years and then go from there. Because think about what would have happened if the Yankees had been better. If you sign a Scherzer or a Lester or someone like that, or if you, you know, sign Cano or whatever, like, like think about how much more money you would have gotten if the Yankees had been better and more people come and more people buy your $50 concession prices and more people, you know, attend playoff games and stuff. You're making that money back. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the Yankees make the playoffs some of these past exactly. few years because every year, I mean, again, like against all odds, you know, accepting that in a couple of those years, they were fighting some crazy run differential demons they didn't come that far out from a playoff spot at points in September in each in each of the last four years. And maybe a guy like a Scherzer or a Lester or a Cano can help lift them over the top. Yeah. But instead, it's like, eh, we're good. We're going we're gonna to throw out Brian Mitchell, see what happens. Yeah. Well, I can get tell some, you what happens. Get some David Huff starts out there. Go, go and crazy. honestly, like, I would be okay with that if – they weren't insulting my intelligence with this championship caliber team nonsense. Like, like just own your mediocrity. Own that you're not trying as hard as you possibly could. Yeah. Like, obviously there's all, there's going to be some portion of the fan base. that will just be upset if you're not out there to win every year, just like Billy Martin and the boss used to do. But you know, that's you need to focus on what will make you better in the long run. Yeah. Because I'm sure that when Gene Michael was rebuilding the team in the early nineties, he was not thinking, well, you know, maybe in like <laughs> like maybe in nineteen ninety two with this like ninety loss team, we'll get in there. No, you you have to go through some growing pains with your guys that's going up through the minors and you know, it's just it's kind of uncomfortable, but you just have to deal with it. I mean, Anthony Rizzo had some kind of rough years before becoming a superstar with the Cubs. And he's, yeah. like, far from the only guy who's gone through that. The Red Sox, you know, had were in last place three of the last four years. But in the process, they were able to get this great young core with Mookie Betts, Sander Bogarts, and all these great young players that make me vomit in my mouth for complimenting the Red Sox. But... It's smart, and it works. <laughs> but also, I'm not going to go there because the Red Sox just got obscenely lucky with getting the Dodgers to take those gross contracts off their this hands. Is this is true. And yes. that is not walking through that door either. 
that yeah that enabled 2013 i'm more i'm more referring to them being good like last year <laughs> yeah i just mean like you know those dominoes were sort of set in motion like they were in a bad place oh, yeah, and totally. all of the dominoes since then have been <sighs> set in motion by the fact that the dodgers let them off the hook the yankees have no no team is gonna walk through that door and be like you want us to take uh the ellsbury contract off your hands like is that a thing dog. like no everybody's sitting around being like you sign that contract you can lay in bed with it <laughs> so yes one of these days uh, i will need to make an oral history of how much i missed the 2012 year <laughs> just everything about it <laughs> oh god they were just ugh, i bet i can't i can't dwell on it it'll make me sad <laughs> Already there. That's true. It, does, it doesn't even matter. Ugh. Eat at Arby's. <laughs> yes. It doesn't even matter. Ugh, God. Uh, might have to eat at Arby's tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> Just like nihilistic I, food for nihilistic baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's good. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's the horsey sauce, John Hammond. Need to change the PSA tagline to like, well. If the Chapman contract doesn't kill us, global warming probably will. Eat at Arby's. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the tagline will just be like, well, Gary's cool anyway. <laughs> like, we'll probably get bombed by the Russians eventually, so the Chapman contract <laughs> won't matter. Yeah, you know, we'll probably sink into the earth. Cause, you know. <laughs> Wildfire will destroy us all. Mm-hmm. That's fine. This is fine. I, maybe, maybe that should be. This is fine. <laughs> Hal is that dog? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I should bring it. Well, I do have the Hal. Uh, I do have the Hal. This dog. This is fine. Dog Photoshop. There you go. Huh. That and like Hal on the rocket. Oh yes, that was a great work by Twitterless Kunj. I'm not. Even, I, why am I even calling him Twitterless Kunj? We're not even on Twitter. <laughs> Podcastless. <laughs> Podcast is good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I feel bad for Caitlin because I don't think she knows yet. Oh, no. Actually, no, I'm jealous of Caitlin because she doesn't know. Yet. <laughs> she, she got to sleep this sleep yes. not knowing. <laughs> I envy her that. Yes. Actually, never mind. <laughs> I retract my sentiments. Everyone, like, Tyler, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure that Kunj knows. I don't think he said anything. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. all of you, I'm so jealous that you... you... Sweet, sweet summer children. <laughs> you sweet sleeping children. <laughs> unaware of what you're about to wake up to. Mm-hmm. While it's 2.45 in the morning and we are podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Because I am mad online. <laughs> I am mad online, and I'm not afraid. Who knows? I lost, like, four followers tonight because I tweeted negative reactions, and I'm just like, good riddance, goodbye. How dare you? You can't, you can't opine. Stick no. to sports. <laughs> this is sports. Stick to sports, sports. <laughs> <laughs> I saw just some of the worst takes tonight, man. Like, at least he only did it once. 
It's like, oh, okay, you're like, right, gold star. Like, from now on, I would like every murder trial, like, I would like the defense attorney to get up there and be like, well, he only killed one person. Yeah. So, <laughs> could have been worse. <laughs> like, come on. <sighs> what else did I see tonight that was just, like, gross? Again, that word. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, like I was get, I kept getting like notifications because like you know the PSA account shows up in my on my phone and like they'd go and back. I was tweeting. Yeah, <laughs> and like the moment that I saw like a flow of like Twitter notifications coming up on my phone, I'm like, this can't be good. <laughs> and that that that's when I learned about the Chapman side. <laughs> I had fun with the block button. Like yeah. I rode that button hard in the paint tonight and it's just like oh i saw someone who was like i'd let him beat my wife and i'm just like does your wife know that because like are you sure who are you well you don't understand honey he throws 105 miles an hour outside of the strike zone like jesus oh okay and and again, like, if you want to remove domestic violence from the equation, I don't know how you do that, but okay, it's still a bad move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even yeah. without it, it's still bad. Yeah, even the people talking about this move, rem- like, ignoring all the context of, you know, what it means socially and everything with that, are saying, like, this it is means that. You're bad people that ignore people being bad. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, calm down there. <laughs> like, I think my favorite exchange was someone asked if we knew Chapman personally, and someone <laughs> responded and said, I wouldn't want to know someone personally that fires off a gun. No. Because they get mad. Like, I would cut them off because that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's not. Normal human behavior. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, Andrew, if you were like, guess what, guys? I got pissed off today, and I shot up my garage. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to need to find a new editor, because (laughs) that's terrifying. This is problematic. (laughs) Like, sorry, no, like, mentally unstable people willing to be dangerous. Like, no, no, no. Like, do it. It's like, well, just because he's not a role model doesn't mean we shouldn't sign him. It's like it's not even about being a role it's model. Not. First of all, don't make don't you, you shouldn't tell your kids to look up to athletes at all. That's just not no. a good plan. No. Second of all, like you know, just because we don't want we don't they don't need them to be role models. They can be bland as hell. Also, I am like double eye emojiing everyone who is so okay with Chapman and has ever uttered the words Aroid. Like, yeah. the double eye emoji <clears throat> at them. Oh, yeah. Big right time. now. Like, if anything, Aroid's <laughs> almost a better figure to look up to. Because <laughs> like, at least he has never been implicated in anything domestic beyond, like, cheating on his wife. Which... Mm-hmm you know, probably 90% of athletes do anyway. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Sorry, but it's yeah. gross. But yeah. word of the podcast. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, like I, I want like a I want a graph of the overlap between people very okay with Chapman and people who call him Aroid. I believe. Like, I want. I believe we call that a circle, Tanya. But okay, <laughs> I want like a. Yeah, I. I yeah, like I want to see that overlap. And I want to have a list of names so that I can be sure to never interact with those people. <laughs> and it's just, it, it goes, like, even deeper into, like, the human psyche that, like, if you are good at the sports, we're willing to forgive you, like, anything. Right. And I'm really not okay with that. Because <laughs> like, like you said, like, people will cut people off for stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Maybe not, like, always in the legal system, but I wouldn't want to know someone who, like, you know, fires their gun off in a garage because they're, like, upset at something with their... Oh, wife, absolutely like, not. You know? Just like, or, like, if any of my friends were the kind of people who made their significant other, like, uncomfortable in that way, like, I would not want to associate with them. The significant other and the mother of their child, you know? And, like, wasn't she, like, forced to hide in the bushes while he was firing his gun? Like, no, 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 no. That's not the kind of person that I would be, like, having Friday dinner with. Mm. It's just not. And it's so not, the fact... Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, and I'm saying it's not, and it's not, like, a shame on her or anything. No. Making her own decisions about this that relationship, because... Some people have said, like, you know, well, you know, she didn't press charges or she has not or she has resumed this relationship with him. That is like her call, you know? Well, also, that is like, again, a step further into put yourself in her position and you are one clearly already intimidated by your significant other. Mm -hmm. So you think, well if I make the decision to one press charges or whatever, how is he going to react to that? Mm -hmm. I would be very his, afraid. Yeah. Endangering his multi-million dollar career. Exactly. Like yeah. you have to think about like you're sharing this space with him. You're sharing a human life with him. Mm -hmm. What is he going to do if you press charges? And second, he's, infinitely more powerful than you because he's wealthier and in a position of power. So like you're already at a disadvantage. Like, and, and honestly, a lot of times people don't believe women who no. say that, their spouse or boyfriend or whoever did these things. And that's incredibly deflating because what if you do press charges, but there's no physical, you know, evidence that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. Of course. Like people say like, Oh, well, you know, there weren't necessarily choke marks around her neck. Like <laughs> I can understand why, someone who already feels in a 
like inferior position would be very hesitant to press charges if there's not just like overwhelming evidence and and there isn't always no it's not always a ray rice situation where it's on tape yeah and remember that the nfl would never have done anything if it hadn't been on tape exactly so and so much of this takes out of like the emotional level of it like you can like emotionally abuse people very easily and that's not gonna leave marks on the body you know and and also as human beings we care about people and love people who may not be great for us who may you know do things that aren't great and you know, logically, you can say, oh, well, if he intimidates you that bad, why don't you leave him? But that's not always how it works. And I just think that writing it off as, well, she didn't uh, press charges and there were no physical signs, like, that's... It's missing the forest for the trees. Like Exactly. That doesn't mean that nothing happened. And that's that's one of the good things about MLB's domestic violence policy is that it doesn't hinge upon charges. Because sometimes that's not going to be possible. Right. It doesn't I- mean nothing happened. As, as is the case with the Aroldis Chapman incident, you know, MLB felt that there was enough there to suspend him for 50 games. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it was, exactly. 30-something. Um, but it's just like, you know, they're, they're, there's stuff that goes beyond the purview of what you can prosecute in, in the courtroom. Right. You know? And that goes and- into, like, it's, it's at the whole separate legal level. But... Right, it's it's not um, just because there's not something that you can you know take to court and win does not mean that nothing happened. Right, we see that all the time in all kinds of crime. Just because you can't get a jury to convict does not mean nothing happened. You just need to find reasonable doubts. Exactly, and that's easier to prove than. It's easier to find, like, the 1% or whatever it is that maybe it didn't happen than to prove that it didn't happen entirely. So, it's just not, it's not so black and white as people would like to make it out to be. So, yeah. I just, it's very easy to say, oh, well, you know, we don't know what happened, we weren't there. But... I I go back to the like no one has ever accused me of being violent with them. Like that's never been a thing. I'm sure it hasn't been a thing for you. Like no nope. no girlfriend has ever, you know, called the cops because you were scaring her. Nope. That um happen. so I don't feel like that's a thing that happens very often without reason like i'm sure that there's some someone somewhere who called the police on their boyfriend 
over an argument or something. And maybe they weren't justified in that. Mm. But I feel like in the vast, vast, vast majority of situations, if the police are called, something bad happened. Right. And maybe the proof is not as evident as we would like it to be. But I don't think that you can say nothing happened. So, and if you're okay with the chance that something did happen and what that poor woman must have experienced and felt and all of that and root for this guy with the no hesitation, congratulations. Yeah, I don't even know if that's congratulations. I thought about saying, like, then I wish I was you, but then... I, I don't. I don't, I don't no, wish I was no, you. I don't. Um, I, I don't apologize for having personal feelings about my sporting interests. Like, mm-mm. I'm not a robot. This is, this is extremely <laughs> concerning. This is just extremely like, disturbing. I, I like I'm, yeah. I'm not this, like, automated blogging robot that can only, you know, feel sports things. Right. Like, it just, it, it doesn't work that way. And it goes for anyone. Like, if if it was in the news tomorrow that Derek Jeter, like, choked Hannah Davis, like, he would be on my shit list, too. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe, Joe DiMaggio was, like, looked up as some great hero for the longest time but like you know a lot of the stuff that about him is you know paints him as a very unsavory character who probably had a very bad domestic relationship with Marilyn Monroe and you mm-hmm. know that's just shitty and you know you find out about like Mickey Mantle treating a lot of people pretty poorly too and everything is bad <laughs> you know that's which is why you know like it's it's nice when you have like the good people in your history, like mm-hmm. Derek Jeter right now, or especially Mariana Rivera, who is just this like saintly figure. Right. <laughs> and by all accounts, those people are squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. If something came out that made them not squeaky clean, I'm not afraid to adjust my position on them. No, and I feel like some people like will hold that as ammo. It's like, well, what if this happened? Well, yeah, I'd feel yeah. shitty too. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm I'm an equal opportunity like, shitty person hater. Like, if you do something bad, you... you don't get... Like... You don't get a pass. <laughs> no. Like, if if Derek Jeter, like, runs some guy over in his car, like, he doesn't get a pass because he's Derek Jeter. Like, he's the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. He doesn't get a pass. No. If you get out there and you, you know act some kind of way that portrays you negatively, then I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to root for you blindly. I will say also that, like, in terms of, like, rehabilitating an image, obviously there's, like, a lot of work that would go into that. But... We saw throughout the 2016 season, 
And this is going to be its own hour-long podcast in of itself, that Chapman did not really do anything to, like, make up for it at all. No. He was just like, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. The end. Mm-hmm. And I'm not okay with that being the end. Like, that happened when he was traded to the Cubs. Like, mm-hmm. he got over there, and, and that was obviously what they wanted to talk about. And he, he like, pitched a temper tantrum mm-hmm. because he didn't want to talk about it. And to me, that's not, it's not being remorseful. That's not owning the situation that you put your significant other in. My favorite is, that, like, um, I think Theo Epstein or someone I had in the press conference about, and they had said, like, you know, we had, like, an hour-long conversation uh, about it. And then later Chapman was like, oh, yeah, I forget what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> Gold star, there was an attempt. <laughs> uh, like, and it, it takes so little to even fake that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you can, like, if he got up there and he was like, I'm sorry for what I did. I regret it. I am going to take X, Y, Z steps to correct my behavior. He could be lying through his teeth, but it would be better than the alternative, which is just, like, indifference. Didn't he, like, barely have counseling, too? Like, one counseling session or something? It was something very, very minimal. Yeah. Like, I feel like even Jose Reyes had more than that. <laughs> it was just like, Jesus. Well, Jose Reyes was also, yeah, like, charged with right. the crime. It's just all bad. It's, it's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> That's the new 2017 Yankees motto. <laughs> Not pride, power, pinstripes. It's all bad. <laughs> I just... Like, all the people out there who don't see an issue. It's just like, how nice must that be for you? Mm. Like, to to be able to put baseball ahead of basic human decency. Like, you know what's really not hard? Like, like really, really not hard? Not being physically harmful to other people. Whoa. Like, it's surprisingly easy. Hot take. <laughs> Don't be an ass. Like, like I've I've never like physically harmed someone, it, and and I'm you know two years younger than Chapman, so mm. I'm just saying like it's possible to not do that. And, in fact, I would argue that it's easier to not do that than to do that. Now you're just talking crazy. I'm just saying, like, it is actually very simple to control yourself. And if you can't control yourself, you have the money to seek out anger management. Counseling. Counseling. Anything. Therapy. 
whatever. You can do it. But no, so many people are willing to just look the other direction. So these guys don't realize that, like, they have an actual problem that they need to get help for. And we end up here. And the worst part of it is that the Yankees can't trade him. No. So even if things go terrible, they can't Glaber Torres him. I mean, like, what was it? I guess, like, but then they have, like, only a no-trade clause, so, like, California or something weird like that. Um, I thought it was, yeah, no trade for three years, and it can't be to a team in California. So it's only no trade clause, two teams in California, then? No trade to anyone for three years. After that, no team in California. (laughs) Okay, weird. Which is the weirdest thing. (laughs) The weirdest minor detail of this whole bullshit. I I do not understand. (laughs) It's like, okay, whatever, whatever you say. But, I mean, hopefully he just opts out in three years and we just never have to see his face again. But, can we even invest in that? I mean... (laughs) Three years seems like a very long time. Three years do seem like a very long time and, like, it still wouldn't be stunning if, like, He's still hitting 98 with, like, a 3 ERA. They're like, oh, we gotta get that velo back in here. It's like, oh, I hate everything. Yeah. And I just don't, like... I... have always liked the Yankees. I want them to do well. But I cannot say with a straight face... That I will not laugh if this all goes very wrong. Same, yeah. Because I will be there, and I will laugh. I have no emotions. Honestly, I just, (laughs) I hope that he gets through the remainder of his contract without a peep of anything suggesting that he's still being a shitty person to his significant other. That is my utmost hope. Mm-hmm. Because if there's a single other incident, I don't know how I'm going to swallow it. Yeah. People like, you know, two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> you get three in baseball, it's fine. <laughs> Fool me don't once. worry about it. Fool me once, strike one. Fool me twice, strike three. <laughs> Like, and I'm sure there would be somebody up in our mentions ready to defend him for that, too. (laughs) Just like, ugh, do not at me. R.I.P. My mentions. (laughs) As my husband, Jonathan, mentions is lowered into the ground. (laughs) Do not at me with your bad Chapman takes. Ugh, you're back. I don't at me. Just as we were earlier in this year. (laughs) Yes. 2016, the year of don't at me. <laughs> like, if there's one thing I need you to not at me with, it's your bad Chapman takes. 
I'm not here for your bad job takes. No. At all. <laughs> Save them for someone. Save them for Jason, because he will yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> Jason really doesn't want your bad job takes. <laughs> See, the bad thing is that I block so many people with the worst Chapman takes, so I can't scroll through and see them. Is that the worst thing? Well, I was going to uh, read some more bad Chapman takes. Oh. For, well, I can click the trending topic, and that'll probably give me some bad Chapman takes. (laughs) I did see that someone tweeted... The just like quote buzz, and then um, the pic. Then they had a picture of the Arolas Chapman 105 mile hour ball banner that we <laughs> used and tagged us in it. <laughs> Never forget. Oh man, much like Aaron Hicks, it's record stat cast <laughs> These things matter. Oh god. All right. I think we've yelled long enough for now. Have we though? It's okay. We'll have we'll have the airing of grievances in a week and a half, and we'll be able to yell more then. Such a grievance! <laughs> it's like we yeah the first airing of grievances this entire podcast. It would it would be a grievance even if he had not come back. Like I could have spent an hour on just like the original acquisition oh, completely of a grievance. Yeah, so that's that's where we are. Um, <laughs> thank you for still listening to this point. If you are, you are a very magnanimous soul to hear our Chapman takes. We have you're not time. doing it at three a.m. though, so. <laughs> so Tanya's not even thanking you that much. <laughs> All I'm saying is that you're probably listening to this at like five in the afternoon or something. Like we are recording this. It's 3.15. Just be aware of that fact. Yes. We are done. (laughs) We just, like, have nothing. (laughs) Just like, uh... But, if you would like to follow us at Pinstrip Alley, at... With your good Chapman takes. Yeah. Tweet at Tanya Bondurant with your good Chapman takes. Um, You can tweet at Marin's PSA with, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what, what was it um, tweet Yankees fan 69 420 with your bad Chapman takes <laughs> Dave Cakeface would love to hear them <laughs> yeah please direct all bad Yankees takes to not me and direct all good Yankees takes to me if you agree with me, at me. <laughs> Don't. This is a good automated system. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Facebook.com slash Pinstripe Alley. Get our takes there. Maybe don't jump in the comments. <laughs> save yourselves. <laughs> Who will save your souls? <laughs> Not a world as Chapman. No. No. Okay. Well, 
think we're done now. So, bye. <laughs>